This is Project Inspire, an interview series created and produced by students in the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and sponsored by Haslam's Office of Student Engagement. In this episode, I am joined by Mr. Tim Williams. Mr. Williams is the current CEO of 21st Mortgage, a leading hire at the University of Tennessee. Welcome to episode 13 of Project Inspire. My name is Amanda, and today I'm joined by Mr. Tim Williams. Mr. Williams, how are you doing today? Doing great. Um, just so, still celebrating Saturday's victory over Alabama. It's a wonderful game. Me and you both. It's a great time to be a Bull. I'm really excited to speak with you today a little bit about how you transitioned from being a UTK student like myself to your current role at 21st Mortgage. So if you don't mind, we can go ahead and jump in. All right, let's do it. Just mentioned that you were currently the CEO of 21st Mortgage. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the responsibilities of this job? So uh, let me just back up by telling you a little bit of my history. I uh, went to work when I was 18 and, uh, and then went back to University of Tennessee in night school. So I, I had uh, finished my undergrad in 86, I believe, and my MBA in 93. So I worked that entire time, and when I went into school, I was um, a bookkeeper at Clayton Homes, and when I graduated from uh, my undergraduate degree, I was president of Vanderbilt Mortgage, which is a subsidiary of Clayton Homes. So I, over, that was a seven and a half year period, and uh, so I, I helped grow that business in that seven and a half years. So I, I, got, I graduated with uh, a, my degree was in accounting, so I was an accounting major, and uh, but I never really practiced accounting because I was president of the company by the time I got through. And but going to UT at night school was uh, a really really a different experience than most of your contemporaries uh, because your your full time responsibilities running your business and then taking care of your family and and then going to school. And fortunately, I was able to juggle those balls. But it was. Uh, it, it, through my years at, uh, at Vanderbilt Mortgage, um, I, I helped grow that business and then I went back to UT and got an MBA. And then in 93, I graduated with the MBA. And in 95, I left that company to start 21st Mortgage. So it was a total startup. We started with uh, four team members and uh, uh, three of us were University of Tennessee grads. Uh, my co-founder of 21st Mortgage was Rich Ray, and uh, he's uh, about 12 years older than me, so that he, he graduated from UT in the 60s. Um, great guy, he was CFO at Clayton Homes. So when we started the company, um, our goal was to grow it as we have, to be right now, we're the largest company in our industry. But we, um, we had to do everything. When you do a startup, and so you, 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 I'm trying to lead up to where what I do today, but it's very different from what I did when we started the business. And so, as a as a startup, you uh, focus on a lot of things, uh, or you manage a lot of things. You don't really get to focus on any one thing, and uh, so that that was interesting. But um, so we go from four employees to today we're at a thousand uh, right at a thousand uh, team members and so my road today is I'm now nearing the end of my career so my primary responsibility today is get the people around me ready to manage the business when I'm not around 
And so the most important thing that we work on, uh, or my highest priority, is focusing on the culture of the organization. I've got to make sure that everybody around me considers the important things the same thing that I consider the important things so that it's not as much dependent on me driving the uh, the way we do business and the, the things that are well, what I believe are key to our being successful as making sure that all the people around me know that that's just the culture of the company that we do certain things in certain ways and that's what will cause us to be successful when I'm gone and uh, so that's that's my role. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. Thank you for kind of sharing some of your journey leading up to that. And yeah, it's definitely important that everyone's on the same page before you step away, as you mentioned. It sounds like that's a really fun role for you. What is your favorite part about the role? Well, it's it's the people, um, and and it, you know it was always it's always the people. And I'm uh, I, when I do presentations at new team members, I have a slide that I put up, and it's uh, it's a quote by. Uh, Andrew Carnegie, and he was a great industrialist, and so Andrew Carnegie says, um, take away my factories and leave my people, and soon we'll have new and better factories. Take away my people and leave my factories, and there'll be dust piling up on the factory floor, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And and I, so I think that's the, that's the way I believe. He, you, you can build a great business if you have really good people. So how, where do you get good people? And uh, so we, we, we're fortunate that we built our business in Knoxville and we're always recruiting the University of Tennessee School Business. So we're, um, we're fortunate to have good people and we've got good people that have good educations and they're willing and ready to learn and they have good work ethic. And, that's uh, that's the key to a happy business. So the, my job is to make sure we've got motivated people, and uh, they're learning all the time, and that's really really critical. And uh, and they want to grow, and so we hire bright young people out of the University of Tennessee, and they all want to grow. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. I was actually going to talk about how 21st Mortgage largely recruits from the University of Tennessee, and kind of what positions do students typically fill. So we, we fill a lot of positions, but we want everybody to learn the business from the ground up. And we have 220,000 consumers living in homes that we, we finance. Um, the, the most important thing for us, and one of the things that separates from our competitors, is the way we manage our relationships with those consumers. We're really focused on giving the best possible service. Um, so our, our, our business is we finance manufactured homes. That's generally considered low-income housing. Um, so even, even though some of it's not, um, the prices will range from 45000 up to 200000 um, Our typical home today is about 130000 So it's they're, they're not ex real low income, um, even though some of them are, but uh, if you're working with low income consumers, they're, they're going to have challenges um, of income stability. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've got to do is 
be available for counseling with these customers and, um, and helping them find the services that they need. So if our customers are, are having a, a particular problem and there's an agency that can help them, it's our job to get them in touch with the right agency. And then we provide help of our own uh, in different ways, but it's very important that we're listening to our customers. So how do we do that? Uh, one of the culture items that I, I mentioned, culture is real important. One of the culture items is we're always available to talk with our customer on the phone. So when we hire, we have a new hire, they'll spend um, the first three weeks with the company in class, in training classes, getting ready to be assigned a, a, a portfolio of customers that they're responsible for. We, we have a cradle to grave um, assignment of responsibilities for, so when, if you were working at 21st Mortgage, you'd have about a thousand customers that would uh, that will be your responsibility. Now there'd be other people to help you, but if they have a problem, they're going to reach out to Amanda. Um, and uh, it's we want everybody to get that experience because if you don't understand how important that part of our business is, you're not going to be any good at any of the rest of our business. So taking care of the customers, job one. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And how do you think that students could prepare themselves to be a um, qualified candidate for these roles? Yeah, so the, what we look for um, is one, somebody who did, they don't have to be an A student, mm -hmm. but we're probably not gonna hire C students, mm -hmm. it, uh, unless there's a, a bigger story there. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, we hire a, a, a young person who worked their way through school, mm -hmm. didn't rely on student loans, they worked a full-time job and went to school. Well, that would explain maybe why they're not an A student. So you give that some allowances. Mm -hmm. But generally, we're looking for um, young people who have applied themselves at school. If they worked part-time outside the, the college, that's a plus. We, we like to see some mm -hmm. work experience. We like to see people who uh, earn some of their own way. Uh, and then we look for extracurricular activities. Playing sports is always a positive. Um, it, it could be taking a leadership role in a fraternity. That's that's good. Uh, doing volunteer work, we love to see that because we're we're a company that tries to give back to the community, and so we we actually give people time off to go volunteer at whatever uh, goodwill agency that they they want to work through. So we're. We always encourage that. We like to see that. Sounds like you're looking for well-rounded, hardworking candidates. Well, we are, and you, they give up themselves in a lot of different ways. So that's that, that is what we look for. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think that career fairs are important for students to attend, or how much hiring do you typically yeah. do from career fairs? You know, we used to do most of our recruiting at career fairs, and we try to be on campus a lot. Uh, we're still on campus a lot. But through COVID, we lost a lot of that, and and uh, a lot of our applicants were listing on on uh, job sites on online. Uh, there, I guess there's a number of them, but uh, 
we don't really like that as well. We prefer the career fairs. We like to meet the students. We like to, to see how they conduct themselves. Um, that's um, unfortunate that we lost some of that. And it's not coming back as quickly mm -hmm. as we'd like for it to. But we, we do prefer the job fairs. Yeah, I feel the same way. As a student, I would rather come meet you in person as well. But yeah, I had been applying for most of my jobs over Handshake and D, those types of places as well. Right. So I understand that same struggle. But um, you spoke at the UTK graduation in 2016, and you talked about the importance of good role models and individual success. Who are some of your role models, and why do you look up to them? Well, obviously you got family members, mm -hmm. but 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 I will hope my mother and father apart, uh, which I'm so fortunate to have. I had terrific parents, and I'm, you know we. I, I do some work with Boys and Girls Club, and when you see kids who have good a good parent, at least one good parent, they their odds of them turning out well just go up drastically. Mm -hmm. And you see a kid that really doesn't have a good role model parent, maybe living with a grandparent uh, who can't give them everything that they need. Their odds are just not very good. I mean, it, so um, I was fortunate. I had two really good parents. But outside of that, um, I took my first job at Clayton Homes and I met a guy named Jim Clayton. And so when I met him, he was in his 40s, early 40s. and. Uh, the, the thing that made him makes him special, he's still around, but what makes him special is he's now about, he wouldn't like for me to say this, but he's closing in on 90, probably 88, might only be 87, but whatever. He is, uh, ever since I've known him, he always was learning. So he, he, he was a uh, engineer by his first degree and then he went to law school and become a lawyer. And then he's always the greatest salesman you've ever met. But uh, he was, in our industry, he was the first man or first company to uh, have computerization of his back office activities. And then when we started servicing loans, he and his brother Joe put the programming in place on an old IBM System 3 for us to service the loans on, on that platform. And the platform we have today is has some parts of that original programming. Well, not exactly that programming, but the design. A lot of it was based on that original design from when I got there, it was in the 70s and it was already in place. So, um, always learning. I mean, that's just such a positive attribute that I learned from him. And uh, and then his work ethic was just amazing. He could outwork most people around him. I always tried to keep up with him, but it was hard. Mm -hmm. um, and he never asked people to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Mm -hmm. So he said he was a really good role model in a lot of ways. Um, he's uh, a driver, uh, real hard charging, always wanting to show you what we could accomplish mm -hmm. he would lead and then help you get started and then expect you to follow through so great role model yeah no he sounds like a great role model it sounds like he leads a lot by example which i think is really important like he, he by his actions inspired you yeah, yeah no, i think that's awesome 
And in that same graduation speech, you also talked about dividing work-life balance into three areas. They were work, family, and self. Can you talk a little bit about the self aspect that you mentioned? Yeah, so um, when, you, when you talk about self, there's a lot, of, a lot of things there. One, you've got to be mentally healthy. And so how do you do that? Um, well, some people do it through, through religion. They, they attend church and they, they pray a lot. Um, I do some of that. I'm a Christian. I believe that in the Christian values, I'm not as uh, devout as some people. Um, others do it through meditation, but you've got to keep your mind uh, in a good place. Mm -hmm. uh, getting a good night's sleep helps mm -hmm. that. So I, I would encourage people to make sure you're getting six hours Eight hours is better. I'm an eight-hour person. Yeah. Six is not enough. Six is what I require. If I'm getting less than six, I'm not very healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the other thing is eating healthy, eating right. Um, you just try not to put a lot of garbage into your body. And then the third thing is exercise. And and I, I do exercise um, five days a week. I'm, once was seven days a week. I, I allow myself a day off every now and then. But uh, when I say exercise, it's aerobic. So you're getting your heart rate up, your lung capacity building that, and, and also adding in some resistance training. So I, I totally believe uh, that that's a healthy thing that you, you should all do, we should all do. So, so on the personal side, it's take care of your mind, take care of your body. Um, those are the two keys. No, no, I agree completely, thank you. And then how does 21st Mortgage ensure that it creates a culture where their employees can balance these three areas? Well, so we, we encourage um, people to, in, and we'll talk about the exercise first. So when we started 21st Mortgage, we're downtown mm -hmm. and two blocks away is the y, uh, YMCA and they have a good health club. And we joined the Y and we said, if you'll attend the Y, um, I think it's 17 days a month, then the company will pay for it. Yeah, that's awesome And so motivation. we pay for Y memberships, not only for the individual, but also for the family. So we encourage them to, to be healthy. Now, a lot of people take us up, and it doesn't have to be, initially it was the Y, because we wanted people to do it at lunch. But it could be any, any health club. And uh, so we want people to take care of themselves. The other two parts of that is, um, you know, you've got to have work balance and then take care of your family. So there was a time following Jim Clayton's leadership where I thought you had to work all the time. Uh, I don't believe that now, um, but uh, we want people to take time off and be with their family. So we, we really encourage that because if you are not happy at home, it's hard to be happy at work. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that those are two very important aspects you just touched on. The gym membership is awesome, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure your employees appreciate that. Well, we, we, those of you listening, come to 21st Mortgage where you get your gym membership. Yes, definitely apply. Um, and then also, do you think that sending a thank you card goes a long way? And if so, can you speak about the importance of this gesture? Well, I, I know it goes a long way, and I, it, I, I can't tell you one person I've sent a thank you card to that it, I would say it made a huge difference, but I can tell you I received them occasionally. And uh, for example, I, I, uh, I was, I eat at Savelli's a lot, and Savelli's on Sutherland Avenue, and uh, probably eat there once a week. 
and I ran into a couple that works at 21st Mortgage, and so I picked up their dinner, and I, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Well, a week later, I got a thank you card, and uh, you know, I went back and looked that couple up to see what they're doing, and I always keep up with them, and so it did. It made, it made an impression on me that they appreciated it enough not to just send me an email thank you, but they actually sent me a thank you card in the mail, and. Uh, it, that made an impression. So it, I know when I've sent thank you cards, I don't always get a response, but I think I'm always making an impression. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like that's something that generationally we've kind of stepped away from, but I really like that idea. And I do think my that wife probably... is much better at it than I am. She is the best. She writes the best notes. Uh, I, I wish I was as good as she is, but I, I try. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. And then also in the past, you've talked about the importance of working for an innovative company with growth potential. What makes a company company innovative and why do you feel as though it's important to a thing to look for in the job search? Well, so if you're, if you want to have a successful career and, and you're not wanting to build a business right out of the, who can, who could build a business right out of the gate, right? You I mean, you need to get some life experiences, very, very few Bill Gates around or Zuckerbergs, there are just very few of those. Um, but what did they do that was special? They were innovative. Mm -hmm. And so they built, Bill Gates built a moat around Microsoft. And if you want to have a great company, you need to have, and Warren Buffett talks about this too, but you need to have a moat around your company. There's got to be something that separates you from the competition. So at 21st Mortgage, we have a moat. And what is it? Well, we know more about the default characteristics of customers than any of our competitors. So that's, that's one thing that makes us special. We can price our business more competitively than any of our competitors can. We know how many, if we have 100 customers with like characteristics, we pretty now well know what we need to charge to cover our losses because mm -hmm. we're going to have certain levels of defaults mm -hmm. and we know what it, you need to charge to cover those losses. So that that is a big competitive advantage. So what else do we do? Well, we, we, we don't use a servicing platform like the other conventional mortgage companies do. And why, would, why wouldn't we do that? Well, our, our business is different. We're really focused on the low income of the market lower income anyway. Um, manufactured homes, they're different. They're not titled like conventional mortgages. The process of servicing those loans is different. So we need a different servicing platform. The process of insuring those, those customers is a little different. So there are just differences in the way you service those loans. The, the other thing is there's difference in the way you originate those loans. So we didn't go by Calix software. Well, Calix is one of the big names in mm -hmm. conventional mortgage origination platforms. We didn't do that. We built our own system uh, from the ground up, and we've got a terrific originations uh, programming team that we call it Titan, that work on Titan every day. And we're always working to make it a little better every day. One of the things we haven't talked about that it makes us different also is we follow the idea of um, 
continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know who Dr. Deming? I do not. Dr. Deming was a, uh, look, look him up. Used to, in my MBA class, we used to talk about him. But Dr. Deming, um, I'll, get, I'll probably get this wrong. But after World War II, Dr. Deming worked with Japan to re rebuild their economy. And so he had this model, it's called the Plan Do Check Act model. So you develop a plan, then you execute the plan, or you do, you build the widgets, whatever it is. Uh, then you check it, you measure. So if you're building a widget that maybe it's a screw, you, you want every screw to be just precisely like the one before it, even to the smallest centimeter. And um, then plan, do, check, and then you act on what you learned from those measures mm -hmm. to build a better screw mm -hmm. uh, or to build a better car. And uh, so we, tr we try to follow that model. We have a plan, we check on our results, we revise the plan, and, uh, and then we act to install the revisions. And we do that in our Titan product. We're always working to make that better. We do it in analyzing our default frequencies. We're always working to figure out what little advantage we can gather from all the data that we have that our competitors don't have. Um, we do that on our servicing side of our business. So we're benchmarking ourselves against our competitors and seeing what are we doing well and what can we do even better. And so that's uh, that gives us a competitive advantage. I don't know if I answered your question or not. Yeah, no, you didn't. I thought that was really interesting reading as someone that is looking or is in the job search because I feel like it's kind of hard to have a future at a company if the company doesn't necessarily have a future. So I think it's definitely important to look for a company that sets themselves apart in that way. And it sounds yeah. like you are doing a good job at that. Thank you. And then my next question is that knowing what you know now, if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Well, I'd say, self, you don't get married when you're 19 years old. You should go to school and take it a little slower. You don't have to be in such a hurry. Did you get married at 19? I did. Oh, uh, my gosh, I'm 20. That, that's that's not crazy. A, that wasn't a great decision. Um, I would encourage you to wait. And uh, But um, so get through school, mm -hmm. uh, work, enjoy life, find a good company, a company that has uh, a good future, a company that has a moat, and uh, and then find a good mentor at that company so that you can learn and learn from people that are smarter than you, the people that are setting a good example, and, uh, and then copy them. Yeah, that's great advice, thank you. And then I have three questions that I like to ask every guest. What is a resource, it can be a book, article, or even a habit that you found to be particularly useful that you would recommend to our listeners? Um, a lot of, there's, gosh, I've read, a, I've read a thousand books on being a good manager and um, let me think. Dale Carnegie, and I don't, I, you probably don't know Dale Carnegie, but um, he wrote a lot of motivational books. Um, he wrote a book on being a good speaker uh, but he wrote some management books too, and so he's got a. There's a whole series of books by Dale Carnegie that are really good, and then uh, Stephen Covey wrote um, Seven Habits. I, I don't can't remember the exact title, but uh, Stephen Covey's book is probably uh, 
one of the best. I read it in, mm -hmm. maybe in 2000. It's It's been out for 25 years. But, um, you know, the management principles don't change that much. Mm -hmm. if, if What worked for Dale Carnegie in, in the 50s will probably work in in uh, 2022 mm -hmm. also. And, and the, the, the things that Stephen Covey recognized would, would probably be the things that uh, you should still be doing today. Mm -hmm. And so uh, probably if I was just going to pick one book, it'd be Stephen Covey's book on Seven Habits. Okay, y'all definitely I think it's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. I think that is the name of the title. Yes, I haven't read it, but I do have it on my Amazon cart. Yeah, I'd I, I recommend it. Yeah, no, it's I'm been a while. I think I'll go back and read it again. I, I can learn from it. We can read it both. But yeah, no, I'm in a leadership class. That's a management leadership skills class. And I found it incredibly interesting. So I think it'd be yeah. good to read while I'm in the class. So thank you for that. And then what inspires you? Inspired me to what? Start 21st Mortgage? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was working at Clayton Homes running Vanderbilt Mortgage. And... Um, Jim Clayton was, uh, what, I guess he was uh, mid-60s, about the age I am now. And uh, he was talking about when he would maybe retire or step back from the company. And I wanted to be CEO. But there's another guy there, and it was Kevin Clayton. And uh, he wanted to be CEO. And so I, I think I did everything I could to qualify for the job. Kevin did everything he could to qualify for the job. And Kevin was obviously going to get the job. So that's why I left 21st, or left Vanderbilt to start 21st, as I saw an opportunity. Um, Clayton Homes was a special company in, in their vertical integration. So in the manufactured housing industry, Clayton built homes, they sell homes, and they finance homes. And at that time, they had manufactured home communities, so they located homes in their communities. and. Um, so it was a really, we call it a three-legged stool, accounting communities, you could call it a four-legged, but the thing worked really well because of the balance mm -hmm. and the financing was really important. In some respects, it was the driver because it was the most profitable division. That was the division I ran. But in 95, when, we, when I left to start 21st, Every company in the manufactured housing business wanted to be like Clayton. Now, Clayton was a publicly traded stock, and there were other publicly traded stock companies. Uh, do you know what a price-earnings ratio is? Mm -hmm. Okay. Clayton had the highest price-earnings ratio mm -hmm. in the industry. And so if you're, if you're making um, a, a, a dollar a share per year, and you're trading at 12 times earnings, mm -hmm. you're trading at $12. Mm -hmm. If you're making a dollar a share and you're trading at 10 times earnings, yeah. your stock's only worth $10. $10. And so it's the same earnings, plus one worth more. Well, the market valued Clayton's earnings more than other companies. Mm -hmm. And because why? Because the, the finance company gave it a lot of stability of earnings. So Clayton didn't have these yo-yo performance. Mm -hmm. It was more of a straight line performance, straight up a little bit, but um, it was really good performance. Every other company in the industry wanted to be like Clayton. So we, me and my partner Rich Ray, we saw that there was an opportunity to form another mortgage company. 
to do private label mm -hmm. for these other manufactured housing manufacturers and, and retailers. Mm -hmm. And so the, the idea was we'd start this company and then we would do um, in-house financing, so to speak, for the others. And we did some of that. Mm -hmm. but, but then, uh, you know, it's, it was a great idea, but then we migrated to really serving a few companies and instead of trying to serve several. Um, but that's that was the opportunity that we saw and so we took advantage of it. It was a unique opportunity. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things you have to do to build a business, you have to work really hard, you have to be smart, and then you have to be lucky. Mm -hmm. So we worked really hard, we were a little bit smart, but we were incredibly lucky. And so we, our company did well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And then my last question for you is, what's next? Well, I'm nearing the end of my career. Um, so my, my game plan is I, uh, I'm, I'm really working hard to make sure that we've got a good management team in place. And I'm absolutely positive with that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got two people who have been identified to take the role of CEO and COO. I'm not sure which will be in which role, mm -hmm. but these guys have, these two guys, uh, no, not a UT grad, um, um, unfortunately, they <laughs> didn't go to UT, but they did go to Maryville College, which is also okay. a good school, okay. and that's where my granddaughter's in school, by the way. Um, and, uh, and they work really great together, and uh, so it, I don't think it matters which one's CEO and which is COO, they'll be a great team. And we've got other, good team around them. We have an executive committee that really works. Everybody works mm -hmm. incredibly hard and they work great together. And uh, I'm, I think the company's in good hands. But I'm really focused on um, the culture. I want to make sure that uh, these guys keep the important things the important things. And so I, I don't get upset much anymore. But if I see somebody violating some of our tenants, like giving great customer service, mm -hmm. I, I, I lose my mind. So it's, um, it's building that culture. Mm -hmm. um, taking care of our people is hugely important. We've, we've just got to do a good job of having people involved and uh, empowering people to, to, to grow within the company. And so those are things that are important. Uh, when I, so the other thing that I personally manage is our default analysis because that's our risk pricing and it's one of our advantages mm -hmm. in the marketplace as part of our moat. Uh, it, it's important to me to keep that. And so when I eventually, which will be sooner than later, when I give up the CEO role, I'll keep that for a little while mm -hmm. while, while these other guys are getting the handle on all the mm -hmm. other things that I've been doing, they'll probably do it a lot better than I have. I'm going to keep that for a couple of years and, uh, and then eventually I'll turn that over too. That's awesome. It sounds like 21st Mortgage is being left in great hands. Well, I believe it is. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, if, you, if, if, if it's not in great hands, I've done a poor job because that's the number one role of the, of the CEO, especially when they get toward the end of their career is to make sure that they've got a good succession plan, and I think we do. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's awesome. And if you don't have anything else sad, that will conclude our 13th episode of Project Inspire. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today, Mr. Williams. It's been a pleasure. Well, Amanda, thank you. I've enjoyed uh, being with you. Thank you. Once again, my name is Amanda, and this is Project Inspire. <laughs>